Hello, everybody. Thanks, and welcome to the Docs Sportscast. Uh, thanks for tuning in again today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about the preseason action that happened uh, last night, and uh, we'll also uh, talk about some of the upcoming games and things to look forward to in those games as they uh, approach us tonight and uh, into the weekend. So, um, with that being said, Aurora is very excited. She loves football of any kind loves to see the preseason she always appreciates a good underdog uh, which a lot of the guys that get reps in the second half of these games are and she loves to see guys competing uh, trying to get those roster spots things like that Uh, you know who who would be like you know the next Vince Papali the guy to come out there and just you know really make a name for himself make this roster and then all of a sudden go off you know same thing James Robinson did last year Um, who who's gonna be that this upcoming season if we get someone that that you know in fact does that uh there's plenty of great stories out there guys to watch and and see how they progress throughout the rest of this preseason and uh we just can't get enough of uh, enough of this before the uh nfl season starts back up now um obviously we would love for it to be the regular season but if this is all we can have right now for the preseason we will take it for sure okay with that being said, let's jump into it here. So um, the Eagle Steelers uh, is first game we'll talk about here. Uh, so this game, it, I mean, it was it was a really good game um, to watch. There was uh, more scoring than the Steelers had in the first game that they played with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I think that's just to the level of talent that was in the game uh, throughout the game overall. Um, you look at uh, from the quarterback standpoint, which what most people would hear about, Man, you know, it's um it's interesting. The Steelers looked very different. They looked very different out there uh on the offensive end. I I don't understand why such the flip flop, but it was a tale of two tapes from last game to this game. When you look at Dwayne Haskins, yeah, <clears throat> he was in there for a lot more of the game. I think that helped him quite a bit. Uh because you know, being in there lets you get more of a rhythm and a feel for the defense, things like that. So, um, I think that definitely did help him here. You know, he went 16 for 22, 161 yards, uh, 7.3 average depth per target, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks. Uh, quarterback rating of 108.3, second highest in the game. So, he played pretty well. He played pretty well. A very big progression from the game before. Uh, where I just didn't see much coming from him. Now, the one thing I will still say here, again, I am not a big believer in Dwayne Haskins. I don't have that much faith in him. Um, I'm going to continue to say that. Like, If he shows and proves me wrong, he can prove me wrong. But here's the thing. If you watch the game, again, it's the same challenges and issues that I see. He doesn't go through the right reads. He doesn't you know, read the defense the right way, even when he does go through his progressions. So... When it comes down to getting in the red zone, he's going to struggle. Okay, what was his touchdown? His touchdown was a 22-yard pass. That's not from the red zone, so that allowed Dwayne Haskins to have more spacing that he could, you know, make a, a better play. What happened when the Steelers got into the red zone in the preseason? They just pounded the rock. Run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. Because the first time they got there, they tried to pass a couple times. They saw, man, Dwayne Haskins isn't reading this the right way. And then they just ran it. So that's why you ended up getting 
Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarland uh, to, you know, go-to-go touchdowns uh, because they knew, hey, that we're not going to let him pass that ball for sure because he can't, he can't make the right read. He's going to make a mistake. So that's the one thing I would take away from this still. Um, I, I think that's the wrong thing to do in the preseason. I think you put that pressure on the quarterback. We know Anthony McFarland's a good player. We know Jalen Samuels a good player. Like, I, I wouldn't have given them the goal-to-go carries the way they did. I would have really tested the quarterback at least a little bit more, um, especially that second time they got – well, the second or third time. I mean, both of them, when they got in there, they had some more plays to pass the ball a bit. Uh, they ended up running it on all the downs to try and get in there. So I would have put some more pressure on him, see if he could make those right throws uh, the, the way he needs to in the red zone, and see see if he progresses. So we didn't really get to see that. Um, that's the big thing that we have against him, the big knock that we have here um, on the podcast. So he's got a lot of talented receivers out there in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> you know, If for some reason he ends up taking over as a starter in the future, I mean, you know, he could do okay because he's got a lot of talent out there. But when you get into the red zone, it's not just about going to your go-to guys. It's not just about, hey, you know, this this is the guy that we're running the offense, you know, this play for, we're going to go to him. It's it's way more about reading the defense and knowing what they're going to do and making the right play from that that read. So um, I I would be concerned if I'm the Steelers still a little bit just because you haven't seen that. But definitely a good bounce back game. Really appreciated seeing that from him. Definitely what he needed for sure. Uh, Mason Rudolph eight for nine, seventy seven yards, average depth target eight point six, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He took one sack for ten yards. Quarterback rating over a hundred as well. Uh, so I, he played just as good, just as good. I, I would probably go with Mason Rudolph. I'd prefer to go with him at this point so far from what I've seen just because Mason Rudolph's been consistent both games. Um, and then Josh Dobbs, man. Josh Dobbs uh, got in there, threw an interception. Um, outside of that, he played very well. Um, you know, five for six, 30 yards, no sacks, no touchdowns. Uh, average depth target, five five yards and a quarterback rating of 47.9 but he only he wasn't in there very long guys i mean he only had six pass attempts i mean come on that, that's just not enough to get going and um it, it would have been nice to see a little more josh dobbs it looks like they are going to weed him off sadly and uh you know they're going to wean him off a little bit here and play haskins primarily throughout the rest of the preseason it looks like so a bad thing for Josh Dobbs. I mean, we have a lot of faith in him. We, we were pretty high on him here, and uh, you probably won't get to see that. Now, looking at the Eagles standpoint, okay, and we're not going to talk about the wide receivers all that much because there's not all too much to talk about from wide receiving standpoint. I mean, it's the preseason, guys. There's so many factors to whether a guy goes off from a wide receiver standpoint because of what, what defense is he going up against. Is it the second string? Is it the fourth string? You know, uh, who's the quarterback throwing to him? You know, like, like there's a lot of different factors. So a guy could go off and have an amazing play, but he went up against a four-string cornerback, and that's that's going to get cut from the team. So I mean, that that that's something that you gotta you gotta look at, you gotta pay attention to. And um, you know, they didn't really have anybody that really, I mean, stood out. I mean, Rico Bussy, I will mention it. He had four receptions, four targets, so he caught every ball thrown his way. And, uh, yeah, he had 45 yards, uh, average depth target 11.13. That led the team. Um, you know, we're not going to get into the weeds with all the other ones, but um, a decent day from him for sure. We'll see what he can continue to do as, uh, you know, the games keep going on here in the preseason. Then 
for the Eagles from a passing standpoint. You know, Jalen Hurts came out there. I, I didn't really, I didn't really like what I saw out there, guys. And and I know that I'm a bit down on Hurts anyway. I know that we're we're down on Hurts in general here in the podcast a little bit, uh, just because you know, again, I think everybody just jumped to assume he's going to be the savior in the next Mahomes and. You know, yeah, it hasn't really earned that. You know, people come out and have you know three or four decent games, and doesn't really mean much. Um, so it, th- that's interesting uh, to us. Uh, and what we saw again, like I said, I wasn't that impressed. I, I, I just wasn't that impressed. I think that the, I think that the Eagles still has some work here. When you look at how he played, I mean. He had one rush, which is which is good. You want to see him not running the ball in this game, these games. You want to see him throwing the ball. You want to see him seeing what he can get downfield and working on his passing game because that's definitely what he does need to work on the most. <clears throat> but he was 3 for 7, 54 yards, average depth of target, 7.7. Um, you know, not not all that great, all that much work uh, either. So he, did, he wasn't really in there to get enough, enough rhythm. What I did see, I wasn't a huge fan of. I think he still needs to mesh with these receivers and things like that. So we'll see how it continues to progress. I'm not going to sit there and hate on the guy after one preseason game. Uh, We'll have to see what he continues doing. I just didn't think he felt as comfortable in the pocket as Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was in there. 10 for 17. uh, Pretty decent ratio there. uh, Catch catch ratio. Um, And then 178 yards. Touchdown. uh, 10.5. Average yards per carry. He had one sack for two yards. And uh, quarterback rating of the highest of the game, 114.3. Now, now, you know, you should kind of expect this. At least I feel. I feel we should kind of expect that from a Joe Flacco. He's a veteran. He comes in there. He should know what to do, right? Uh, especially up against probably some lesser defensive players. So uh, he did what he needed to do. You know, second play of the game, they had a 79-yard uh, touchdown uh, from Kez. Uh, Watkins definitely said a lot more about Kez uh, than it did about Joe Flacco because it was like a little screen pass out there to the the left side of the field, and then he just took it uh, to the house. So um, running standpoint, man, I mean, they just – they didn't do anything consistently from a rushing standpoint. Um, They had 11 carries total in the game. We got 42 uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so you can kind of see the big disparity there. Um, And even from the pass attempt standpoint, I mean, there was 29 pass attempts to Pittsburgh's 37. So Pittsburgh kind of just dominated this game from a special team standpoint, um, from a defensive standpoint, and just got more plays out there. Uh, And that's the thing that's really going to hurt the Eagles. Again, it's defensively. That's going to be the big challenge for them, I think, going into the season. And you look at it here, that disparity is really obvious that, hey, they just didn't get enough plays um, out there in comparison to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, too many three and outs. And, and that's that's kind of what happened throughout the progression of the game. I uh, won't really talk about Nick Mullins. Didn't really do much. Only in there uh, threw the ball five times. That's it. So, um, again, receiving, we will talk a little bit. Kez Watkins, 79 yards, one reception. You know, he took it to the house. He showed out, did really well. You know, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, both got receptions. Um, Ertz got two. And, yeah, we saw we saw some good things. We saw some good things for sure. Jalen Rager and, and those guys all, all got involved a little bit. So we're really happy to see that. Um, rushing, yeah, nobody got anything going, but that's because nobody was out there consistently. The guy that got the most carries was four carries. And over on the Pittsburgh Steelers side, you had three guys that had nine or more. So, 
we need we need to see more from a rushing attack from the Eagles because if they're just going to sit there and want to pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, and let Jalen Hurts pound it back there in the backfield, like pad the ball all game long, that's not going to work out well with his defense. Um, so hopefully it'll change. We'll see how it goes in the second game. That'll show a little bit more what they're doing in the regular season. Now, moving on, we'll talk real quick about Washington and the New England Patriots game. <clears throat> Man, what we saw was really good from a lot of people. Uh I mean, Cam Newton came out there and did okay. He did lose the ball on a fumble at one point. Uh, they did recover it back. That's something that I've always had some issues with. You know, Cam Newton doesn't have a lot of great pocket presence. Um, I've, I've always kind of thought that. Uh, he doesn't really feel that rush coming as much as I think other quarterbacks do. I think because he's too big. He's so big that it doesn't really matter to him. If he gets hit, he takes a hit, you know, and, and he kind of bounces off some of those. So he hasn't really had to look for those things. Mac Jones came in and played very well. 13 for 19, 87 yards average 4.6 yards per catch no touchdowns no interceptions unfortunately we didn't get to see him really push the ball take any chances which is fine I mean you kind of want to see that in a rookie like hey go out there do your thing but as Zach Wilson said about in practice and stuff this is the time to take those shots so we'll see if he gets more comfortable take some of those he took one sack uh, for nine yards quarterback rating of 78.2 right there with Cam Newton 78.9 for Cam Newton and so yeah I Personally, I believe Mac Jones outplayed Cam Newton in this game. Just the way they looked, the way they look in the pocket. Mac Jones, I think, looked a little more confident, a little more comfortable out there. Um, and Cam Newton, I think, again, it's just it just comes down to reading the defense. You know, looking down the defense, understanding your reads, making the right adjustments. You know, seeing the mismatches. And I just I just haven't seen him consistently do a good job of that in his career. So we'll see what happens. Definitely going to continue to be a quarterback controversy there. On the Washington side, um, Steve Montez got most of the reps from a quarterback standpoint. 17 for 24, really good percentage. Uh, threw a touchdown, threw one interception, uh, so not bad, one and one. And uh, he got sacked one time for zero yards, average 4.5 yards per catch, 108 yards on the day, 76.4 quarterback rating. All the quarterbacks for the Washington football team played very well. They all had a, a pretty decent quarterback rating. Ryan Fitzpatrick came out there, did his thing, 5 for 8, 58 yards, 7.3, no touchdowns, no interceptions. This is what he's going to be doing, guys. He's going to be out there, and he's going to be trying to play consistent football because this is the place where he is the guy, and this is the place they brought him in to be the guy. And I think you're going to see a shift in him playing a little more consistent, and I think that's what we saw here, okay? He's going to play more consistent football. He's going to help this team win games, not make them lose games. Uh, Tyler... Uh, Taylor Heineke uh, came in, did pretty well. Um, I, I think I saw some jitters for sure and definitely some missed reads out there. But he's still developing. I think he'll be okay um, and a good backup once we get to the regular season. The big thing to talk about here is a rushing standpoint. Man, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, man, this guy this guy played really well. He went off. He's had 10 carries, 127 yards, a really big late game uh, rush. Uh, for a touchdown, and he had another uh, goal-to-go touchdown in that game. So two touchdowns for him, average uh, carry of 12.7, 91 yards. This guy needs to get a shot. This guy needs to get a shot, 100%, uh, to get to play when it comes to the regular season. I mean, just from this game alone, you can tell there is a spark there. There's a burst there. Um, so let's see what he continues to do throughout the regular season. This may be a guy that's in this loaded backfield of guys who are going to be used like a revolving door. 
Washington Redskins, Jarrett Patterson stood out just like we told everybody that he would. Uh, we had it on a graphic on our Facebook a few uh, weeks ago talking about guys to watch in the preseason. Jarrett Patterson was one of those guys, and this is the reason why. We knew he was going to show out. He's a guy that works hard. He doesn't take a day off. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, and I, I just I'm super excited to continue seeing what he does throughout this preseason because what we saw from him here, he definitely deserves more chances. Uh, so average four point yards per carry. You know, didn't bust out for a super long one like uh, Ramondre Stevenson did, but um, you know he had a 12, 12 yard run, which was a pretty good size run. You know, he's a small shifty back that's gonna get in there and catch some balls. Then that's the thing that he's gonna be really good at. You know, kind of. Uh, similar to uh, Darren Sproles type of aspect, but he's a little bit bigger than that. He can beat and bang a little bit more because he is built a little bit more up top. So, very exciting what we saw from him. The rest of the running backs didn't really get a good enough work share to talk about. Um, <clears throat> Receiving-wise, Jarrett Patterson led the way with four receptions. Um, he, he was tied with Jonathan Williams, another running back, so they did check down a lot to the running back there at the end, which I'll see this offense do that a lot too. I think this offense will end up doing that. They've got a couple of targets out there, but um, not enough to go deep downfield all the time. So, you know, he had 7.5 average depth per target on those four receptions, 30 yards total. Long was 11, and, man, he's solid hands. He made some really good passes, uh, some really good catches. There were some catches there from Heineke and Montez that – you really thought, okay, this guy's going to drop that. Like, he should drop it, and he didn't. He hauled, he hauled him in. So he's got really good hands, and that's the thing we didn't really get to see from him out there at Buffalo um, is the hands that he has. But he's got some really good hands, catches that ball well. Look for Jarrett Patterson to continue playing super well in the preseason as we move forward. That's a guy to continue keeping an eye on. From the uh, New England Patriots standpoint, uh, you know, not really a, a lot to really go for there. I mean, uh, Christian Wilkerson had six receptions, 39 yards on nine targets. Uh, average was 6.5. Other than that, uh, not not really a lot of big playmakers. J.J. Taylor's the other one that had five receptions, 31 yards. So uh, they had a total of 30 pass attempts, 25 rushing attempts. Redskins had 47 pass attempts, 31 rushing attempts. So the Redskins got more plays out there. But the Patriots ended up winning the game. So the Patriots were definitely more efficient in this. But I do think it's because, you know, once you get to your backups, things like that, that changed the game. If this game plan was structured and happened the same way in the future, I think the Washington defense would help them prevail over New England um, in that situation from what we saw. So that being said, we'll move on from the games that have already happened, and we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming games for this weekend because that is what we really need to get excited about here, guys. Um... As far as games to watch, guys, there are so many good games, and we will kind of detail the ones that we think are going to be the top ones to watch this upcoming weekend. First off, Atlanta versus Buffalo. Why watch this game? Because Kyle Pitts, guys. We need to watch Kyle Pitts. This guy's an amazing standout prospect from Florida. Uh, definitely could be a generational player. Uh, change the tight end position. Like He could be a guy that does those types of things. So don't look past him to really make some big plays out there. Um, this preseason because I, I could definitely see him making some moves out there um, and doing some great things. Now, Miami versus Chicago. Big reason we got to watch here. One, Tua. There's a lot of questions, especially here at the podcast. We really have a lot of questions on uh, Tua Tungavailoa. I just don't know 
if I am ready to say that he's going to be a starter. Like, he didn't show it to me last year. He didn't. When he came in games, they lost games when he went in there, and they didn't make the playoffs basically because they put him in there as a starter. So I, I'm not high on Tua Tungavailoa. He needs to prove it to me, and we haven't seen him do that yet. We haven't seen him do it. Um, so, yeah, Justin Fields is the other guy to talk about on the other side of the ball. What's going to happen there? How many reps is he going to get? And how good is Justin Fields going to look? Is Justin Fields going to go out there and look like Mac Jones did and look comparable to Andy Dalton from a starting standpoint? That's going to be a big shakeup if this happens. So we'll see what happens out there. You know, Justin Fields, he can get a little uh, under pressure. Maybe he goes out there and tries to do too much. Maybe he goes out there and makes the wrong plays because he's just trying to win that starting job. He needs to go out there and play his game, do his thing, not think about, hey, I need to go out there and win this game. I need to go out there and win the job. You don't win it in one preseason game. You win it throughout the preseason with consistent play. So go out there, do your thing, and we'll see what he does. Uh, we're not so high on Justin Fields here. Um, again, we're we're very much like, hey, prove it to us. Um, so we're not so high on Justin Fields at this point. But who knows? Maybe he can go out there and do well. But I think the way he proves it is going to be not to go out there and win the job, but go out there not to lose the job. And that, to me, is going to just – require him to calm down and, and be patient and go through the right reads. That's what a lot of quarterbacks need to do to be able to, you know, be in a winning, uh, have a winning recipe out there. So, uh, next game, Denver versus Minnesota. This is going to be big on the Denver side, mainly because, man, uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, who's going to be the starter going into the season? Who will it be? And honestly, we here are high on Teddy Bridgewater. We think that Teddy is going to be able to do it. There's been such good past success. He's had more success in the past of his career than Drew. Obviously, he's a bit older than Drew as well. But we think that uh, Teddy will end up winning this job at some point, and I think he's going to be the better quarterback going forward. Uh, I think Drew just—I think he still needs to develop a little bit coming into the league. Um, you know, learn to take a little bit of zip off that ball, get some more touch on it, that type of thing. Um, re go through the reads a little bit better in his progressions. But, you know, really like what we see from Teddy Bridgewater in the past. And I know a lot of people have been down on him, but I think he's going to end up winning this. So we'll see what happens throughout the preseason with them. Uh, next is Cleveland versus Jacksonville. Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. These are the two guys to watch there. Nothing really important. Um you know, to watch from a progression or, um, you know, quarterback battle or anything like that from the Cleveland Browns standpoint. But when it comes to Jacksonville, man, Travis Etienne, they, I am so frustrated with Urban Meyer and, the, and this organization for drafting Travis Etienne. They had a breakout, breakout rookie last year in James Robinson. And I, I just, I feel so bad for the guy. It's so such a sad situation for him to do what he did. And then they bring in a guy like Travis Etienne, um, it's just really upsetting to me. And so, to me, I, I'm going to be a little bit against Etienne just because of that, but he really needs to prove it. He really needs to, and I think that Jacksonville needs to make sure that he works and dominates in that backfield to make that pick stand out because there's other things they could have done with that high pick, and they went with him, a position they already had that was solid. So that's the thing I think is going to end up happening. They're going to they're gonna give ETN quite a bit more reps than James Robinson in this first game, I believe, to really give him a chance to show out because they need to be right in this. So we'll see what happens. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, who knows? You know, I'd like to see the guy go out there, throw a pick or two, uh, you know, go out there, uh, make, some, make some big plays. You're clearly going to be the starter. Like I know that Urban Meyer hasn't announced it yet, but Urban Meyer's he's a typical college coach. And like we said, I don't – 
like we've said before, I think he's going to be a horrible NFL coach. I think he thinks a lot of things that get away that you get away with in uh, college football, you're going to get away with the NFL, and it's just not the case. So um, ultimately, I think he's going to end up with egg on his face throughout the year, and uh, we'll see as that continues to progress. But Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter here. Go out there, make some plays, take some risks. You know, do your thing, get the feel for. Um, the offense get the feel for defenses and the pace of the game. Uh, we wouldn't be upset to see that. It's not like we're going to sit there and down the guy from it. He's clearly got the job. Um, very different than the situation of Justin Fields. Now, New Orleans and Baltimore. Guys, the only reason that this is really big is because of the big quarterback controversy in New Orleans, and that is Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. All right, who is going to come out there and take the first reps? Now, I also, I also think I know Sean Payton, and he really likes to get in other people's heads and game planners' heads. Like he, he could easily go out there and put Jameis Winston in there as a starter, knowing right now that he may want to put uh, Taysom Hill as a starter going into the regular season, just to throw people off. So, I would not expect to look at that as a telltale sign. I would look at production. Okay, see what Taysom Hill does when he's out there. See how efficient he plays, as opposed to Jameis Winston, and then we'll see. Uh, based on that, how we have to make our remarks. Don't base this on who starts the game and who comes in second. That I, I, Sean Payton is way above that. He doesn't care about that. He understands the efficiency and watches guys how they play. He'll probably switch it up. If I was him, I'd go out there and put Jameis in the first game. I'd start uh, Taysom Hill the second game, and then the third game, you know, toss up, flip a coin, put whoever out there. Um, so that, that's what I would do if I was him. So we'll end up seeing how that works out throughout the rest of the regular season. But definitely a good quarterback controversy to watch. Now, New York, New York. And no, I'm not singing a song. It's uh, New York Jets and New York Giants, okay? So this is really big, primarily on the New York Jets side. Uh, we don't figure to really see a lot of Saquon Barkley, obviously still nursing everything from his injury last season. But, um, you know, Zach Wilson, uh, Michael Carter, and Elijah Moore. Now, Elijah Moore, um, you know, is having some issues. He's going to be getting an MRI. We'll have to see what happens there with him. Uh, so he is getting an MRI for something that was happening uh, in, in practice, I believe, the other day. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But either way, Zach Wilson and, and Michael Carter are definitely two to watch. I want to see Michael Carter and how he performs. Um, if I am the Jets, I'm going to give him a, a pretty decent run. I'm going to make sure to get him at least 10 carries um, and get him accustomed to the speed of the game. Uh, but Zach Wilson, I, I want to see him come out there and get 10 to 15 throws. Get him 10 to 15 throws, see how he does, leave him in the game, let him do what he needs to do. Uh, and I think he'll show out. I really do. I think he's going to play really, really well um, in this offense and, and with the, the talent that they've got around him now. They've also got... <laughs> improvements on the offensive line so i think he'll play pretty well in this game uh and we, we don't know if he's going to go up against you know first string defenses second string defenses so that'll play a factor as well in what we see but a lot of good young guys to watch in this game on the jets side now cincinnati and tampa bay okay jamar chase what else do we have to say? So that's the main guy to watch. I mean, yeah, if burrow plays i mean i wouldn't be playing burrow if i was them because he's still coming back from injury um you know, I might put him in there for maybe one series and bring him out. But Jamar Chase, let's see what he does. You know, hopefully they can, they can get him at least five catch attempts. See what he does with those attempts um, in the offense. And yeah, that's that's really it. Don't I don't expect to see Tom Brady out there playing in the first game. If he does, I think that's a mistake. I think you need to be careful with the guy. Um, but yeah. So then Houston and Green Bay. 
Jordan Love is what we got to watch here, guys. Um, Houston, from a quarterback standpoint, we have no idea what's going on. We have no idea what's going to happen. They have no idea what's going to happen. So as of right now, we can't speculate anything until we get after probably the second preseason game as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback there because we just don't know how, they're, how they feel about Deshaun Watson, really. Um, it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to start our most talented guy, the veteran, in Deshaun, or we're going to start our most talented guy in Deshaun Watson. It's another thing to say, hey, we're going to start a guy who is under uh, investigation and a guy that is going through legal matters with uh, sexual assault cases. That's a very big picture that you paint to the organization and the culture and the community around you. I think if they go out there and they play Deshaun Watson to start the season, it's not about football. It's about the world, and it's about the message you're sending out there. Do you really want to send the message that, oh, it's okay to do those things. You're going to get to keep your job because you're that talented of a football player. Because that's the big message that all these athletes get anyway is, oh, you have the talent. So do whatever you want. We'll take care of you. We'll, we'll take care of your legal issues. We'll, we'll fix it for you. It's ridiculous, guys. Absolutely ridiculous. They need to make a stand, and they need to make sure that Deshaun Watson never plays a game until these trials are done and they figure out what it really happened. Until the truth is known, he doesn't need to play another down in an NFL game. That's just my thought on it because it's the message that you're sending. It's not about when you're losing the game on the field. It's when you're losing the game off the field. And the Houston Texans could really, really lose that if they put him in the games. Anyway, let's watch Jordan Love, see how he does in this game. I think he's going to ball out and play really, really well. Uh, but it's probably not going to matter. Uh, I mean, it's really not going to matter at this point uh, because Aaron Rodgers is locked up for the next year. But I think he's going to play well to make sure that the team knows, hey, moving forward from Rodgers, we're going to have you and we're going to be good to go. Right? So, um, next up is Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Trey Sermon and Trey Lance, um, you know, the two, the two Trey's here, uh, those are the guys to watch uh, for San Francisco. I think Trey Sermon's going to play really well. It, it is a bit of a, a loaded backfield. It's, all, it's always, well, it's going to keep being that way, especially the injury situations they faced last year. I, I don't see them ever having, you know, one or two really good backs. They're going to have a plethora of backs out there. So this is going to be a rotation for most of the season. Even if Trey Sermon goes out there and balls out, it will still be a rotation. So I think there's a cap limit to how good he can play. Um, and Trey Lance, um, again, just like some of these other rookies, I'm not that high on him. I think he needs to go out there and play consistent football. Is he going to go out there to win the game, or is he going to go out there to not lose the game? Um, is he going to go out there to win the starting job or to be consistent? And that's going to paint the picture of if he starts or not to me uh, early in the season or not. Now, Carolina and Indiana will wrap it up with this. Michael Pittman and Jacob Eason. Obviously, I don't expect us, and I don't think anyone expects us to see Carson Wentz out there, um, even though his recovery is speeding up quite a bit. Um, but Michael Pittman, let's see what he does. Hopefully he can get, you know, four or five targets going to him. Um, and then Jacob Eason, man, let's see what this guy does out there for sure. All right, that's it. We'll wrap it up, you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. you guys hear from us on Monday.